Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's UNC Football Scouting Reports. I'm Tommy Ashley. That is Jason Staples. And, of course, if you're listening, you know that we're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Mm. Rate, review, and subscribe. All the good stuff. So get your 10% off your order when you're a member of the Tar Pit Premium Message Boards, and it is well worth it. One of the reasons it's worth it is these scouting reports that Jason has done for the last few years. We're about in the middle, Jason. Uh, we finished up defensive line last week and all of the defense over the last few weeks. Now you're deep into the offense. First of all, we're going to talk about the offensive line because, quite frankly, everybody knows football starts in the trenches. <laughs> offensive line, you've, you've run through them. Let's start. We'll go player by player, similar to the way we've done it before and then at the end we'll have an overall assessment Diego Pounds he is one of I believe three that you reviewed and did scouts on that did not have really enough snaps to provide a number but what'd you see from Diego well first of all I mean you you can see that the, the frame is there I mean he stands out with the bulk and and you know he's over six five uh and and has the length that you'd want to be able to play tackle so uh, just in terms of the traits, the, the, the things that you look for, for a guy to be able to play tackle at this level, he's got him in terms of the, the baseline stuff. Uh, he also moves pretty well. So, you know, and I, I got to see him a little bit in practice. Uh, he's a guy that I think has pretty good natural foot quickness and has, a has, has the athleticism at that size to be the kind of big block of marble that you want to be able to work with to carve out the offensive lineman that you, that you hope to wind up with. So uh, really he's my, my assessment is this is a guy that could be a upper level ACC type offensive tackle in the future, but he's just, he's still pretty raw. And, and that's what you would expect. I mean, uh, there, the, the few reps that I've seen from him and, you know, we saw some stuff in the, uh, uh, in the spring. And then we saw a few garbage time reps this last year. He's a guy that, uh, you know, just has, has a ways to go in terms of hand placement. You know, a lot of young guys, you get away in, in, in high school, you kind of get away with being a big guy and just kind of taking a guy to the ground and your hand placement is not, ha- does not have to be real careful in, in college. It's about getting your hand, to the, to the chest and keeping things inside. And that means you've got to win with your hands. And these young guys, you know, they have a tendency to like to bear hug and that's a holding penalty in, in college in, in in high school. A lot of times you get away with that. You just, you've got, he's a holding penalty waiting to happen at, at present. 
and just has a little ways to go in terms of that technique. But again, what I look at when I'm looking for young offensive line talent, you start with the frame, you know, does he have the the requisite frame and size to hold up in the trenches? And then the next thing is, do you have the, the foot quickness to be able to, to handle what you're going to see across from you? And if you've got the frame, the size and the foot quickness, now, now you're starting to, you know, you, you put a ham bone or you put a little, little, uh, a few beans in there and you got a stew going, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So, uh, he's, he's one of those guys, you look at that and you go, okay, you've got all the building blocks. Uh, the, the, the next question though, and this is the thing that you have to have as the third thing. So you've got the, the size, you know, frame stuff, the, the foot quickness, the third thing that you need to have that stew going is you've got to have a guy that loves to play and has some nasty to him. And, we're, we're still in the stage of learning whether or not pounds has that the early returns on that, I think are pretty good. I think he's pretty competitive and, uh, and you can see that you could see that a little bit in practice. So I, I think, I, I think he's a guy that, that can be quality depth this year and then should be in line to, to potentially start and it should be a starter next year. Yeah. Diego is, pretty carefree fun loving guy as well so he's got a good attitude about it you're right about the nastiness that remains to be seen uh moving down the list travion green now this guy is a monster of a human being uh again not enough snaps to really rate him or review him accurately on his own field performance but would you see in the off season in the spring um, that gives you uh, some idea of, of what he can become for north carolina this dude is enormous <laughs> he is six seven and a half i think they list him at what 340 uh and i think that's that's accurate for him this is that's that might be aspirational to move down a little bit but he he's so big and so long that he can carry that kind of weight without being sloppy and the other thing is you can see in just the reps that we've seen you can see the the foot quickness and the ability to slide and mirror that tells me, okay, not only do you have elite frame, you've got really good feet to go with that. Oh, all right. Well, now, now you're, you're starting with kind of a level this, you know, maybe B level feet. You put those together, a level size, a plus level size with, you know, maybe B level feet for the position, maybe B plus level feet for the position. You combine those and you've got a guy that can be really good. Uh, you could see also just in the few reps that I saw how naturally strong he is. I mean, he, the, the, the punch through the hands was very, very strong. Uh, very, very, uh, you know, good natural bend. I mean, there were times where you could see like he he's capable of keeping his pad level down, even though he's really big, but that's one of those things where consistency, there's going to be the issue. Anytime you got a guy that's almost six, eight pad level is always going to be, something that he's going to have to work on uh and you know i think again you're looking at the feet to me are are really good for for the size i think long term he's probably more the feet of a right tackle than a left tackle but sometimes if you're six eight you know six seven and a half and you have you know plus level right tackle feet the extra length and size makes you you know good enough to actually handle the 
the the the left tackle position. So that that remains to be seen. I I see him more as a right tackle in the future, but I think he's the most talented offensive lineman on the team based on what I've seen. I think he he is uh, he's a guy that if he can get healthy, I'll be interested to see whether or not he can actually find his way on the field for some reps this this year. I mean, I I don't really expect it because I think they've got some sense of what they want up front. They you know you return four starters and you know you've got a transfer coming in from uh, who's not expecting to sit, and that's probably your five. Nevertheless. If you've got a guy like this and he's really pushing and he's he's really showing that he's ready to go, you find ways to shuffle it and get your best five on the field. So I'm curious to see what happens there. I think, again, as with Diego Pounds, I think both of those guys are probably 100 snaps, something like that on the season. If you can get him in in some blowouts and get him seasoned up a little bit, that's great. But I think that's basically what you're looking at with him here. Again, a guy that could push for some time because I think he's, I think the talent is there for him to push, push for that time. Yeah. And Mac always talks about wanting to play more than just the starters. And so green would be high up on the list of a guy to come in if he's not starting. Um, I'm going to skip around a little bit. We're going to talk about Zach Rice. Zach Rice is a guy that another one that you, you don't have enough to really review him on the field as far as performance uh, you know, in live reps or in game reps. Um, but Jason, Zach Rice is probably um, one of the more talked about players on the Inside Carolina message boards. Five-star coming out of Virginia. Still got a lot of work to do. What did you see from him? Yeah, when you're a top 10 overall uh, overall prospect coming out of high school, you tend to get talked about. And that, that's what Rice was. Uh, and he's another guy that, you know, 6'6", six, six, what, 315, somewhere in there. He, he, he looks the part. You know, he's got the frame. You can see the feet that are there, uh, and you could see those feet in high school. There's a reason that this guy was rated so high, and he he has, again, all of those physical traits that you look at and you go, okay, he's got he's got a chance. the The, the big issue with him has been he's he's gonna he's gonna have to show that he he has that nasty in him. He's got to show that he's he's got to prove that he's not soft. That's the issue, and you know he got he got moved inside to right guard pretty quickly uh, after not really taking to the outside. He had, <clears throat> excuse me, he had some troubles at, uh, at tackle and they decided that for his development, the best thing would be to get him on, on the field inside. And, th- and there's some chances to play there, but then you watch him in the spring game this year and you go, Oh man, he's so far away. You just, <sighs> there, there are too many times where he just got put on skates where, you know, you see the you see the rep and the quarterback's throwing, and then you go back and you watch the rep and you go, oh man, quarterback. The reason the quarterback missed that is because this guy's in his lap, and who's in his lap? Well, it's the right guard. Uh, there are too many of those where he's just letting the defensive tackle get to his chest. He's playing with high with high pads, and then he just kind of gets driven right back into the quarterback or on run plays. He's just not showing the kind of aggression that you'd like to see on in the run or the pass. And just to me seems a little bit too content to be, to kind of have his, to be in position, to be between the guy he's blocking and, and wherever he's supposed to be and not trying to win with that position. Uh, and some of that again is he's, he's a puppy. 
right? I mean, he's a guy that's young. He's learning how to use his body at this level. He's learning how to fight against guys who have comparable size for the first time in his career. And that's a big hurdle to, 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 to get over. I mean, he didn't play super high, high division football in high school. And, you know, I wonder how many guys over 300 pounds that could actually move. He ever blocked. My guess is it's, you could count that on maybe two fingers. So, you know, you look at that and then you come into high, into college and all of a sudden you're getting beat up front. You're getting beat initially for the first time ever. And psychologically, that's something to get over uh, just in terms of confidence, in terms of want to uh, when, you know, you played football your whole career and you've had you've succeeded because you were bigger and stronger and faster, quicker than everybody you played against up to now. And all of a sudden you're starting to lose day in, day out in practice. How you respond to that is going to have a lot of impact on whether or not you can actually develop into what you should be at this level. And I think that's the question for, for, for rice right now is he has to, he has to start answering that with fire, with, with a dissatisfaction and unwillingness to, uh, to get pushed around. And I think if he starts to display that, you're looking at a guy that again, first off the bus type, he has the the frame and the, and the, and the tools to be there, but he's got to get the rest of it in place. This is a season where he hopefully can get that starting to, you know, start to get that worked out. And again, there's opportunities on the interior to find places to play. I think the, the starting guards have some limitations and, you know, he's right now a backup right guard. He has more ability than anybody else at guard on the team. But is he going to be able to to channel that into anything positive? Right now, I think, you know, the likelihood that he gets a lot of snaps this season are pretty, is pretty slim. But it really is up to him because he, he could decide. The light bulb could go on first week of camp, and all of a sudden he's, he's, he's not getting pushed around and he's starting to – to get after people in a different way. And all of a sudden you've got another guy in the mix at, at guard. Good stuff there. I mean, I hundred percent agree with you about the mental side of it um, for these guys coming out of high school and the level of competition and all that stuff. But this, we're talking with Jason Staples, of course, inside Carolina's expert football analyst, uh, UNC's scouting report series. We got going on the offensive line. We are here. We've gone through pounds, Travion Green and Zach Rice. Now let's talk about a guy, Jason, that doesn't have ideal size, doesn't have the height, the weight, um, but he has the heart. He's shown that Willie Lampkin. You mentioned the transfer earlier. Willie is the transfer from Coastal Carolina, and he's looking to play. And Mac Brown said it, and I'll, I'll never forget what he said, is Mac said he may not start, and this was way back in January. He may not start, but he's going to make sure whoever is starting got a lot better. Willie Lampkin, Jason. Yeah, Willie is a guy, if you watch him, if you put his intangibles in a in a body like Zach Rice, you're looking at a first-round pick. It's real simple. Uh, he is, though, he's stubby, he's short, he is, you know, below. They, I think they list him at 290. I think that's pretty generous, to be honest. And... You know, he, he's he's working uphill to some degree because of, of the lack of frame, but the feet are excellent. He's got very good feet. 
and that allows him to to really work into position. And the other thing is, he was forty seven and zero as a wrestler, uh, won the Florida State Championship in in two A at two hundred eighty five pounds. He he's a guy that he plays like a wrestler. And anybody who's ever you know messed around, you know, horsed around with a wrestler knows those guys don't play around. <laughs> those guys are nasty. Do not dudes. do not do not fight somebody that wrestles. No, those you, dudes you are nasty. And they will and the thing is they 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 play dirty. Wrestlers do. <laughs> They'll find any way to get to get their advantage. And he's one of those dudes. Uh he he is tenacious and and again the leverage he's got some leverage advantages because he's already you know say low man wins well he starts low <laughs> he's already got that advantage and uh the other thing with wrestling is so much of wrestling is getting your hands you know you see those guys all the time working on getting their hands into an advantageous position for the takedown he's already got a lot of what you what you want as a uh, in terms of getting his hands into good position, winning to the chest, all of those things. And the other thing is wrestlers tend to be strong for their size. And he is, he's, he's country strong, as I would say, uh, solid fundamentally. And I think also is a really, really good puller, which is, is important for the current running game that they're going to have. They're going to pull the guards uh, a good bit. And you got to have a guy that can get to the, that can get, across the formation on some of the kickouts and can can work their way up through the hole to the second level as a puller and he can do all of that uh the other thing is that this is a guy that can play center so you know Corey gainer played almost every snap at center last year but he's not a guy who's got a completely clean bill of you know injury history in the past he he had some significant injury issues in the past so if that sort of thing happens, I mean, you hope that Gaynor can play almost every snap again this year, at least every first first team snap. But if something happened to Gaynor, your your security blanket is Willie Lampkin because he steps in and can play center and can play center at at least a replacement level. And and for those who are have wondered what I mean when I talk about a guy playing at, at replacement level, I mean, okay, go pick up a, another. You know, you lose a guy at a, at a given spot or you trade out a guy with a, at a given spot and you just at random take an average ACC level starter and plug him in there, that's your replacement level. You know, this guy's pretty average. Well, Lampkin, I think, gives you at least that at center if Gaynor goes down. So that's a pretty good security blanket. And, and then, you know, I think he's going to push real hard for that right guard spot. Uh, and if, you know, the right guard spot goes to somebody else, you know, let's say Zach Rice suddenly becomes something. OK, well, then he's going to push for the left guard spot. He's going to force one of those guys on or he's going to force all three of those guys on the on the offensive interior to be better or he's going to take one of their jobs. I don't think it's going to be Gainer. I think Gainer is going to going to be solid at center as long as he's healthy. But those other two guards are going to have to are going to have to step up their game because he's he's played better than them in the past. So, again, doesn't have great bulk. You get him against some of the best defensive tackles in the ACC who can who, who can play with you know comparable leverage and carry another 30 pounds on him or 40 pounds on him, and that's going to be an issue. But all in all, there's a good player and a guy that can that would be in the two deep at most places in the ACC. He wouldn't necessarily, you know, I don't think he'd be a starter at, at two or three places in the ACC, uh, at least uh, maybe maybe four or five but is a guy that can play at the as a starter in the ACC and not hurt you. 
And, and I think that's, that's something that they desperately needed uh, to add in the off season. And they did. Yeah. And he's, he, he comes across as a fun loving guy. He'll be a feature in the players lounge for folks that enjoy those um, interviews. Uh, Willie Lampkin players lounge coming soon in the next couple of weeks to inside Carolina. Let's move on down the list. Jonathan Adorno, a local guy um, who's shown or who's gotten some time. You reviewed him as well. Jason, what do you see from Adorno and what he can bring to the table this year and beyond? Well, again, you know, you look down up and down the list. For the most part, Carolina's players uh, on, on the offensive line, they fit a lot of prototypical, you know, numbers on the on the uh, on the depth chart or, or on the uh, on the roster. Six four three oh five has you know, that, that's good size for, for a guard. Uh, and you, you watch him and his, you know, his, his pitter patter, you know, the, the feet for, for a guard, pretty good. You know, he, he, he does have pretty good, uh, foot quickness and he's one of those guys that doesn't stop his feet on contact. Uh, and then I thought that was in the, in the spring game was something that he showed improvement on as well was getting his hands on somebody. And then you just keep seeing his feet run like they're supposed to. That's, that's a plus. Uh, and he stepped in and, uh, and, and played starter level snaps in, in, against Georgia, Georgia state and at Duke, uh, last year and, and handled himself. Okay. Uh, but you know, all said he, he's a guy that basically gets pushed off balance a little bit too easily. Sometimes he'll reach a little bit too much, kind of bend at the waist and, you know, you can kind of push, pull him and get him off balance. Some of those things, uh, and he struggled against quicker players in, in, in the running game. So, you know, guys that could slant and, uh, and you know, first step quickness, that sort of thing. He, he struggled with that when he saw that last year. And I don't know that that's really going to change. Uh, and, and pad level could be, could be a little bit better, too. I thought last year he was a little bit below replacement level when he was on the, on the field. So, you know, he would be a below average ACC starter at, at right guard if he played at the level that he did last year. But again, you look at the frame, you look at the possibility in terms of decent foot quickness. He has the capacity to be average or, or a little bit better at that spot this year. He just is going to have to step up and improve a little bit compared to what he was last year. And again, with Willie Lampkin on the, on, on the roster, if he doesn't improve on that, then he's just going to be a backup to Lampkin. I mean, that's real simple. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Indeed it is. Moving on down the line, we're getting into the starter reps, Ed Montalus. Um, he's a guy who, you know, he came into North Carolina, 
he, he was not necessarily a package deal, but kind of with William Barnes. He was the lesser rated guy, but Montalus has played a ton at North Carolina. What did you see from him? Yeah, you look at this. I mean, he 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 played 509 snaps in 19, 371 in 20, 380 in 21, and then 1,054 snaps last year. Good gracious. He's played a lot of snaps. Uh, but he also is a guy that has – I mean, at this point, you, you kind of know what you're getting. He struggled against certain things. And after 2000 snaps in college, the odds that he gets a whole lot better against those things in year five are pretty limited. So what you have in him is, is a guy that's he's sort of a fire hydrant, you know, tough to move when you when you're going straight at him. Six, three and change three fifteen, and has some. He's got some nasty to him. He he's he he you know he arrives angry when he pulls. Uh, he's a guy that can drive as a run blocker from that left guard spot. He can anchor against bigger players who just want to power rush him and all that. The problem is that there's no reason to power rush him because he's consistently struggled against quickness, and that's that's been the issue. So uh, he's fairly heavy footed. And when a guy gives him, you know, a, a step in one direction and then takes off across his face, if that guy's quick, he's probably going to win across his face. Uh, you know, you look at some balance issues in the past. He, he struggled, especially in 21, he struggled a good bit against push pulls, which is where the defensive lineman kind of pushes, gives you pressure against the chest to get you kind of to set, set your anchor and then pulls you back toward himself and for a swim or a knife move. Uh, you got to think about like, um, you know, some of the things that you do as, you know, middle schoolers when you're screwing around with people where, you know, you pull, 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 pull. And then all of a sudden you just like let the person go or different things just to watch them fall and laugh, that sort of thing, you know, middle <laughs> school stuff. That's the sort that's one of those things that you, that, that good defensive linemen do is that, you know, you, they vary their pressure, push hard and then pull on the Jersey of that, of that, offensive player get him lunged forward or get him off balance and then all of a sudden you got to win uh he's a guy that is pretty vulnerable to that and has shown that for multiple multiple seasons uh and i thought last year he struggled more in a, in that thousand plus reps than he had in prior years and you know you look at uh 21 i thought he was a better player than in in, in 22 I, I wonder whether or not he maybe he got nicked up a little bit in 20 in 22 uh, but he's got, he's a guy that again, has to handle quickness better, has to be able to, to, uh, improve his footwork a little bit to, to stay in balance a little bit better. And if he does that, then you're looking again at above average for the ACC, a ton of experience and, you know, can be a good player. I mean, he was, a, he was, he was a guy that, that could be pretty reliable in the past, now it's just a matter of can he clean up those last few things? Can can this new coaching situation help him get over the hump for those last few things? And if so, then then uh, then you're looking at a again an above replacement level, above average starter for the ACC. As of right now, I'd have him graded as an average to slightly below average ACC starter at, at left guard based on last year. Uh, which when he which is you know the most recent body of work we've got, but I, I think the potential is there to be again an, an above average uh, ACC left guard. It's just going to have he's going to have to clean up a few things. 
That is Ed Montalus. We're working our way through the North Carolina offensive line. Matt Brown says he wants to play six to eight guys. Well, we've got nine, I believe, if my math is correct on this list. And we've got three left here with Jason Staples, William Barnes. This is a guy highly rated out of high school, um, top-level recruit. He, he's another one of those guys that has struggled to put it completely together. Jason, what have you seen from Barnes? Yeah, Barnes is a guy that through his first few years, you know, just battled injury after injury, little little nagging things that just kept him off the field and was not really able to develop like they'd hoped. Uh, and you look at the snap count and you can see that 114 is a freshman in 18, 47 snaps in 19, 55 in 20, 228 in 21. And then finally last year, finally, in year five, got 918 snaps. And now we've got the COVID year where he's got a chance to, to replicate that. And, you know, he, he's bounced around the offensive line. I mean, he was at, at right tackle. He's, he was at right guard last year in, in virtually all the reps that he took last year. Uh, and now he's moved out to, to left tackle, at least as the, uh, as the current roster or as the current depth chart has him, they put him out at left tackle and, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that transition goes. But he, he he is a guy that has a lot of position versatility, and uh, and is and you know one of the reasons he was ranked so highly coming out of high school is because the physical tools are pretty dang good. And uh, he's a guy that, you know, three twenty five I think is is a, probably pretty accurate, and uh, is super powerful. He gets his hands on you and he can move you, especially in the running game. Uh, at that right guard spot. He he could bend and drive, put that back, get that back flat, and just you know he's the guy that you want to run behind and goal line, uh, and you know good length. He's you know solid six four, has a little longer arms than normal for that particular uh, height. So again, good length, and he is a guy that you don't worry about his nasty streak. He 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 will stomp on you if he want if he gets the chance. He, he you like that about him. Uh, my concern coming into this year is I've in, in what I've seen of him to, to date, he's been significantly better at guard than at tackle. And if he's the, if he's the left tackle, he's going to have to play better, especially as a pass protector than he has in prior years when he's been at tackle, I would feel much better about this offensive line as a whole. If he was starting at guard and they had someone that I, I felt, had a track record, a better track record at, at tackle at that left tackle spot. That doesn't mean he can't play that position. I mean, I thought he actually looked pretty good there in the spring game, but that's the spring game. It's, it's just hard to tell. It's not like Carolina was a pass rushing uh, phenomenon last year, you know, in terms of their defense. So is him having some success at left tackle in practice right now, a factor of him, really making the strides, getting healthy and, and finally developing into the tackle prospect that everybody thought he would be six years ago? Or is it a matter of, you know, he's been playing against Carolina's edge rushers. We'll find out now, you know, the, the thing is, the rub. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, if you get a uh, Trevion, you know, uh, green or a Diego pounds who suddenly just jumps up and demands to play, at that left tackle spot, then all of a sudden you slot, you slide Barnes inside and you've got, I think a, an, a, a well above average ACC guard. If not, 
I think you you could. I think he could be an above average ACC left tackle. It's just a little bit of a wait and see for me because it, the the bigger issues for him have been more about uh about some of the technique stuff on the uh, uh at that position in the past where I felt like he didn't get quite enough depth on his on his uh on his kick set. Uh, there are times where he would turn his shoulders and give up a, what's called a soft shoulder too quickly in pass pro, which what that means is once you turn your shoulders, that inside shoulder is your soft shoulder because your your balance is not right to be able to protect it very well. So if a guy then crosses your face to take take that inside, it's going to be a little easier for you than if you stay square. Too many times he would turn and then give that up. And then the other thing is if you turn, you actually make it so that there's a shorter path around you uh, in, in pass protection if the guy continues to go to go wide. So, you know, you'd like to see him stay square a little bit longer. Uh, and again, another guy that, that against quickness has had some issues in the past. So, you know, he, again, the, 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 the traits are there for him to be a quality, quality player there. He's just got some things to clean up in terms of, of getting that stuff fixed to be able to handle that quickness. I don't think it's a physical problem for him to be able to handle quickness. Uh, but I'd like to see him move his feet just a little better and get a little bit deeper sets against really quick guys so that he can use that, that size to, to force them to, uh, to try to bowl him. And he's not a guy that's going to be bowled very easily. So sort of a wait and see for me, for me, for him at, uh, at, at left tackle, but, uh, but still a good player and a guy that you want on your roster. And if the, if the move works, I think it solidifies the offensive line as a whole for, for Carolina. Left tackle, pretty important position when you've got Drake May as your quarterback. Two left, and and I'm going to jump out of order again, Jason, because I want to save the last one for probably another guy that was so much talked about last year. But center Corey Gaynor will be who we go to now. Gaynor, of course, played a ton for Miami. He transferred up to North Carolina. Drake May's uh, right-hand man last season and will be this season. Corey Gaynor, Jason. Yeah, I mean, hey, lots of people go to college for seven years, right? Hey, if if, if you can do it and it's paid for, do it. 100%. <laughs> but what you're getting is a seventh-year player who's played well over 2,000 snaps in the ACC. A lot of football. That's a lot of football. And he's done it with pretty good success. Last year, he was right around the average for ACC centers. Uh, not Not a liability, not a guy that you hang your hat on pretty average and you know average isn't bad when you uh when, when you're on the offensive line as long as you're not getting your butt kicked especially at center and what he gives you is he gives you a guy that doesn't just get pushed around at the center spot he gives you a guy that that manages the offensive offensive front well he's played seven years this is his seventh year he's going to make sure he's seen everything when it comes to fronts when it comes to disguise when it comes to whatever and he's a guy that can make sure that that everybody around him has the proper call that you know oh that fronts that you know identifying what they need to do the leadership aspect there is huge and you know the other thing is again he's over 300 pounds and can anchor really well he's he's a guy that does not get put on skates very often he may only be a stalemate he's not he may not move you know, that 315 pound nose tackle who's right over him, but he's also not four yards in the backfield very often. 
And that's, I mean, if you can get that at center, if you can just get a guy who, who stalemates at center, center is a really hard position. And if you can get a guy that's just going to stalemate against some of those really tough defensive tackles in the ACC, then you can, you, you'll, you'll take that. You'll, you'll start with that. And that's basically where he is. Um, the weaknesses for him again has to do with getting out quick. He's not the, you know, he's had some injuries in the past. He's not the quickest guy in the world. And uh, there are guys, there's not a ton of uh, lateral quickness there at this stage of his career to where he can, uh, he, he's going to beat, say, the, a pretty good, pretty quick nose tackle to the spot on, you know, some sort of reach block or whatever you have to, he's going to need some help on some of that, but that's virtually every center in the ACC. There are very few guys that can actually do that. So, you know, when you're talking about that as a weakness, it's like, well, yeah, him and nine other guys at that spot in the ACC or at 10 other guys. So, uh, and I do think he's a better pass blocker than run blocker as a whole. I, th I thought he was actually very good. I thought he was well above average as a pass blocker last year. Uh, and again, that's because he doesn't get pushed back into the lap of his quarterback. He he handles the bull rush really well, and he does a good job of mirroring and understanding where the pressure is coming from on twists and all of that and picking all that up. And again, that's something where with Drake May, this he, him being back is a very nice security blanket for Drake May because you can handle outside pressure if you're a quarterback because that takes a little bit longer to get there. You can kind of slide in the pocket and all that. The thing you just can't, no quarterback can handle is getting pressure in his lap. That, that will shut a quarterback down quicker than anything else is getting pressure straight up the middle in his lap. And I think Gaynor does a good job of ensuring that that doesn't happen. And I think uh, as a run blocker, he's, he's pretty average. As a pass blocker, I think he's well above average. And I think overall the package of, of all of that plus the leadership and everything gives you a, a quality player coming into this year. Yeah, I don't think you can overstate the leadership aspect of it. And like you said, he has seen literally everything in college football. Um, we always talk about, wow, how has the world changed since we were born or whatever? How much has college football changed since Corey Gaynor was a freshman at Miami? Last but not least, Spencer Rollin. Uh, this is a guy that if I had to pinpoint one offensive lineman that gets hammered the most – in the social media, on the message boards, not just inside Carolina, but elsewhere. It would be Spencer, transferred from the Ivy League, Jason. He he had a learning curve, I believe, last year, going from Ivy League to Power 5 North Carolina football. His progression and what do you see from him and expect from him this year? Well, he was he was Carolina's best offensive lineman last year, other than than uh, than Asim Richards, who you know moved on and, and got drafted. Uh, and I think with reasonable – improvement with reasonable advancement this year he's a guy that uh that can and should wind up being an, an nfl draft pick himself maybe a late round type guy but six six and and good length 315 and moves like a tight end moves really fluidly uh he's not the strongest guy in the world so it, he's the one guy who if you look at the offensive line one of the refrains that I've had so far, I mean, if everybody's been keeping score at home, how many times have I said, well, he struggles a little bit more against quickness. Well, Roland is the guy, uh, 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 is the guy that he doesn't struggle as much against quickness. He, he moves really well. His feet uh, are fluid. 
and he he can mirror and do all of those things pretty well. And he's a good screen blocker, gets out and uh, and gets to the second level, can can get uh, can match match up with some of those guys' quickness a little bit better. And you know, I think he also he's got some nasty to him. I don't think there's any question about that. He's a he's one of those guys who you know guy goes down on the on the field in front of him, and he's gonna. <clears throat> you know, jump down on top of him to try to make sure that that guy doesn't get up and just make, make sure he drops that 300 pounds on him for a second. Um, and, and, and he's added some weight. You could see that in, in, in the, in the spring, I think he's legitimately up above about 310 now. And, you know, I thought he played a little light last year. I think that extra weight is going to help him a lot. There were times last year where he got pushed around. Uh, and again, that's part of that adjustment from the Ivy league to, to the ACC, but uh, he he had some trouble against some of the uh, you know giving up some ground against the bull rush, and just in general last year needed to clean up a little bit of the leakage that that you know he, he gave up. So you'd see a guy who would get just a little bit of advantageous leverage, and Rollin wouldn't get beat badly, but it'd be just a little too much pressure from that spot, you know that sort of thing. Or in the running game, like he's not whipped, but he's not like it's not it's not great either. It's not in an ideal spot. I think he, uh, I think he's, he's pretty close to, uh, to where he should be at this point developing. And, uh, you know, I think also the other thing last year, I thought his pass set was a little flat at times. He could get a little more depth a few times against quicker rushers. There were times where he was a little flat and then had to depend on his athleticism to be able to handle the, the, the guy who was quicker than he thought he was in the pass rush. It's like, Oh, Oh shoot. And in most cases he was quick enough to kind of get his hands on him and, and, and work with it. But you'd like him to, to be working from a little better leverage than he was at times last year. But like I said, the athleticism is, is there. I wouldn't be surprised if at 300 plus pounds, he ran sub five in the, in the 40, you know, he's one of those guys who athletically is a really good, he's a good athlete. Uh, and I think he, he comes into this season. I project him in the same range that I did a same Richards going into last year, which again, Richards was a guy that was a late round pick. And I think Roland is the guy that, that is probably overall the best player, the best, the, the currently the best player on the, on the Carolina offensive line. Indeed. Spencer Roland there transfer from Harvard. He is, uh, in his, I guess, fifth year, either way. Bottom line, ton of experience on this offensive line. Ton of bodies available on this offensive line. Jason, third uh, offensive line coach in three years. Stacey Searles, Jack Bicknell Jr., and now Randy Clements. Overall assessment for this position group. It's an important one for North Carolina. It's an important one for Chip Lindsey and the North Carolina offense. How do you see it all playing out? Well, I think this is the one area on the offense where there's some real questions to answer. You look around at the rest of the offense. I think at wide receiver, things are really good. At quarterback, you're, you're, you feel pretty good about the quarterback position. Uh, the running back room has its questions, but you've got enough bodies there that have really good talent that you feel good. Tight ends are among the best. It's one of the best rooms in the ACC. And then you get to this room and you go, you got four returning starters, but none of them were, none of them set the world on fire last year. And the best one, Roland, I mean, you look at uh, Roland's pro football focus grades last year, and he was a 66. And he of the guys that are returning, that, that's, I, I believe, the top grade. Well, I mean, that's not great. You, you got some work to do there. 
but you do have one of the most veteran groups in the ACC and you have a lot of size and you got a lot of pieces that you feel like you can get something out of. It's just a matter of, can they find the five guys that, that are going to play the best together and put them in the right positions so that nobody is ultimately a, a significant weak spot. And I think they, they should be able to do that, but this is the one group where you look at and you go, as long as they're above average on the offensive line, they can be, and they could be a, a you know borderline elite offensive offensive group this year, borderline elite offense this year. But they're going to have some work to do to be above average, and and that's the thing. So uh, the, the experience makes you feel good about it. You kind of know what you're getting from most of the guys because you saw it last year. But would you say? I mean, just spitballing it on your end, would you say that Carolina's offensive line was above average last year? I would not. Yeah, I would say especially it was right not in short yardage. Yeah, I would say it was right around average. And in short yardage, they struggled. So, you know, and they still had a really good offense with that. But they want to be better than that this year. And to do that, they're going to have to get better on the offensive line. And the, that, that's going to mean getting better performance from guys who played multiple years and have not really given you a better better performance so far. So that's a lot for Randy Clements to, to try to come in and produce. But I think, again, I don't think you're going to look at, at the offensive line this year. The the floor for the group is pretty high. I think you're looking at, you know, average to slightly below average as the floor. Okay. Well, that's not disastrous. That's not, you know, 2018 Florida state. (laughs) That's not that not, not, this is, I don't expect this offensive line to be one of those offensive lines that, uh, you know, you have, you have all the pieces everywhere else and you just can't run an offense because you can't block anybody. I don't think that's going to be an issue. The question is what's the ceiling. And, And, you know, I think, that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get it to where, okay, look, we can do better than average. It, we, you know, can they put those pieces together to get better than average is the question. Jason Staples dropping knowledge on UNC football scouting reports, the offensive line. When you're listening to this, make sure you're checking out Tar Pit Premium Message Boards. The running backs are in full swing when this one drops on YouTube and on the podcast channel. We, of course, will be back to talk running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, and that quarterback position, Jason says, that North Carolina seems pretty good at this year. For Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com, I'm Tommy Ashley. That's Jason Staples. We'll be back. Stay tuned for a lot more content at Inside Carolina.